Hello and welcome to this edition of Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. This is a new series we've recently launched to showcase some of the personalities in and around UW-Whitewater Athletics. My name is Chris Linicky and I'm Assistant Athletic Director for the Warhawks. Today's guest is Bob Lanza, a member of the UW-Whitewater Intercollegiate Athletics staff for 32 years. He retired from his position of Associate Athletic Director for Finance and Business Operations in August of 2017. During his time, Bob was responsible for budgets, purchasing, travel, and game administration. He oversaw the budgets for all 20 war sports and all other divisions of intercollegiate athletics and was an integral member of the athletics administrative team. Bob received the UW-Whitewater Academic Staff Excellence for Non-Instructional Staff Award for Outstanding Performance in 2014 and was recognized with the 30-Year Service Award in 2015. Bob, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for asking me to be here. You bet. Well, Bob, I want to start off, uh, you know, you were at UW-Whitewater for 30-plus years. Um, you've lived in Fort Atkinson. I want to hear about what your education was and your career kind of leading up to when you were hired at UW-Whitewater. So tell me about that a little bit. Okay. Well, first, I was born and raised in Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, and uh I went to Ohio University down in Athens, Ohio, and upon graduation, I uh, had jobs in the Cleveland area, kind of normal jobs with uh, insurance companies and one with a office supply company. And uh, while the jobs were, were good jobs with good companies, it, it wasn't what I was looking for as far as, you know, job satisfaction. So at this time, you're talking about the uh, early 80s now. Uh, this is not many programs, not many universities had uh, athletic administration majors at that time. I think now there's probably every school in the country just about has one. But back then it was very rare. But fortunately, uh, Kent State uh, had a master's program in athletic administration in Kent's uh, just over an hour from Cleveland. So I applied there and I spent a couple of years uh, keeping my jobs, but uh, traveling to Kent at night couple nights a week uh, working on uh, my classes and my master's. And so while I was doing that, my wife uh, was working two jobs herself. And uh, we spent a long, long days. We leave at seven in the morning and get home at nine, 10 at night uh, for a couple of years. And then finally, uh, the last semester, or actually the last two semesters, it turned into a, uh, to a uh, internship in, uh, in the athletic department at Kent State. In the athletic business office and so upon graduation there uh, i started applying and again again this is before internet and computers and things so basically things were all on paper you get the copy of the ncaa news and look up who's hiring and and uh, start applying you know places that i'd never heard of one of them being in university of wisconsin whitewater so i submitted my uh, resume and application and got called in for an interview and at the time, uh, Dr. Willie Myers uh, was the men's athletic director, and Martha Van Steenen was the women's athletic director. They were basically two separate departments at the time. And I came in and interviewed with them, and first thing I did before I came was get out an atlas to see where the heck Whitewater, Wisconsin was. I, <laughs> I didn't, wasn't sure. And, uh, you know, after the interview, got returned home, got a call a couple of days later from Dr. Myers, and returned i started right around uh labor day weekend and uh 
uh, 32 years later, I was still here. <laughs> so things things worked out great. And it's the time, you know, I was applying everywhere I could could possibly, you know, you're trying to get your foot in the door somewhere. And uh, like I said, turned, things turned out great. Yeah, they absolutely did. And, um, you know, when you were going through that process, you know, like you said, kind of doing your research about UW-Whitewater, finding it on a, a map or an atlas, mm -hmm. And then speaking with the, you know, administrators and the coaches when you went for your interview, what were some of the things that, um, you know, were appealing about the job? Well, uh, one, if, being from Ohio, uh, having a Division three university be a state university was very unusual. Uh, I had never even heard. Of it. I wasn't even sure that was existed just because um, most of D3s are privates, you know, private schools with maybe anywhere from 1,200 to 2,300, 3,000 students. Come to a big state university with 10, 11,000 students was really unique. And then doing some research on the conference and seeing what it involved in the size of the schools and the, the competitiveness of the, of the league uh, was really appealing. And, uh, you know, really opened my eyes when I got here to see, see some of the, uh, the capacity of what this conference had. You know, Bob, I, I kind of read through some of your kind of general areas of oversight when you were here, um, mm -hmm. you know, but but tell me about I know there's no typical day in athletics and we talk about that right. all the time. But right. but what were some of those things that um, you handled when you were at UW-Whitewater and how did those duties and tasks kind of evolve and change over time? Mm -hmm. Well, initially, my my. My original position with the department was the athletic business manager. So basically that's taking care of the budgets and the purchases. And uh, when teams return their travel expense reports, making sure everything's good, uh, issuing travel advances and reconciling those with the trip expenses and things like that. And also doing purchases uh, following state guidelines and university guidelines with, you know, bids and things like that. Uh, but at the time, uh, everything was on paper. Uh, this is how far back I go here. Uh, literally, the old green column, you know, counting papers, counting papers. It was, you know, you had your total handwritten in pencil here and then the transaction and whether it was a plus or minus and a running total down the side. And uh, so one of the first things was to turn that into a computerized program. And fortunately, uh, at Kent State during my internship, uh, there was a, a pretty good program and we were able to purchase that and it was uh we you know we installed that my first year and worked out a few kinks before it it came a a daily thing the problem with the problem with this at the time was it was independent of the university's books so i had a i had a book and the university had a book and they'd send out a monthly report <laughs> and they wouldn't match up and we'd have to go back and forth say okay i got this one over here and you have it here one of us needs to switch it make sure we're, we're on the same page and uh, kind of the confusing part of that they'd run off those uh those sheets that would be you know 100 pages long and uh they'd run those off the 10th of the month but they would only go till the 20th of the month from before so it'd be like three weeks of transactions that nobody had on the books yet and it was just kind of crazy and then as that evolved, 
you know, the, the online, uh, the stuff with the university and syncing up with the university's accounting system was made it a lot easier and everything was current and up to the minute. Uh, but then also, uh, besides that event management was uh, a big part of it, especially at, at the time, Willie Myers was also teaching and he was also the wrestling coach. Uh, Marty retired, uh, I think two years into my, after my start here. And uh, Dr. Diane Jones was the women's AD, but she also taught and also coached the women's basketball team. So uh, they had uh, a lot on their plates, especially during the winter months when they were both in season. So uh, they were, they'd be gone, uh, you know, road trips, traveling with their teams or, or whatever. And so a lot of that fell into my lap and uh, my office kind of became almost a dumping ground for just about anything that needed to be done. Just good and bad. The bad is that it was an awful lot of work. The good is it gave me a lot of experience in event management, and I, uh, you know, had a good relationship with the coaches and the the other support staff, the information sports information director at the time, Tom Fick, our facilities people, and uh, you know the coaches and the uh, officials that would come to campus and things like that, taking care of them. So that was that was a pretty uh, heavy responsibility time. Yeah, you know, that everything kind of morphed into that event management thing. And, that, and that's very time consuming, as you know, involves uh, a lot of evenings, a lot of weekends, uh, time during break, things like that during holiday breaks. So, so it was, uh, it was quite a, a, a lot on my plate also. I mean, everybody, uh, seem, everybody wears a lot of hats, you know, even, even in our roles currently, um, you know, it seems like everybody's wearing all sorts of different types of hats. So I can certainly understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, um, I want to get kind of into into the kind of bigger picture stuff here, Bob. Um, you know, the 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 athletic department really started to come into its own kind of in the kind of in the early 2000s, um, you know, starting with Chris Russell and the volleyball program going to, I think it was three straight final fours and then finally uh, winning a national championship in 2002. Um, football starts to get, you know, they start to really pump things up um, from a success standpoint. Um, baseball, you know, with Jim Miller, then into John Bodenlich. Um, you know, obviously, uh, some of those, some, there's many other programs, but talk to me about when you started to see really a change in the atmosphere and the, I guess, mentality of the department, you know, to become what, what was eventually a, a national powerhouse. Well, uh, I think, uh, we've always been a, a power, a national power, but not everybody all at once like what happened in the mid 2000s. I mean, we won the national basketball championship in uh, 89 uh, with coach Vandermillen and our current coach, Pat Miller. Uh, we won it in 84 and 89. So they were always nationally ranked. Our wrestling program, our volleyball program under Chris Russell was always a top five team, always hosting national tournaments, regionals and, and things like that. So we're, and you know, uh, Wrestling with Willie was always strong, conference championships and things like that. So we were always strong across the board, but not at the elite level. Uh, then in uh, the oh, mid-2000s, <clears throat> excuse me, 
around 04, 05, and 06, uh, football team under Coach Breswitz uh, reached the uh, Stag Bowl back-to-back years. Um, and then uh, that kind of increased our awareness around the region, I think. And then Coach Leipold came in in 07, I believe it was, and uh, we won it in 07. We won the national championship in 07. And then we ran off that incredible string of, uh, of uh, football for five or six years with stag bowls every year, undefeated seasons. And the, that increased our, the awareness and our profile around the region and uh, brought so much positive recognition to the university. I, th- I think it was a classic case of uh, a high tide raises all boats, if you know what I mean. I mean, football went to the top, and it's obviously the most visible and high-profile sport. And I think everybody benefited from that. Uh, everybody got good. I mean, everybody. We were in. Uh, we're uh, you were there for part of it in that time too. We were hosting everything. Everybody was winning conference championships left and right. Uh, volleyball was in the final four. Uh, uh, football was winning national championships. Baseball won national championship. Uh, and the regionals every year, um, women's hoops went to back-to-back Final Fours, and I think they were in one in before that, like in 08. I don't know my numbers. You might know the, the numbers of the crunch. But it was a, I, I still think it was a classic tide of the high tide raising all the boats. Everybody, everybody benefited because when they went out, people knew, oh, yeah, Whitewater Athletics, they're pretty good. And it, it just helped with our, our recruiting base, you know, we – we have a tremendous recruiting base in the, in this southeast Wisconsin, northern Illinois region. There's a lot of high school talent, and uh, we're uh, you know we're easily uh, easy to get to. Their parents could come watch and play. Uh, we had great facilities, so we're very appealing across the board. And I think that's that's when things just uh, just exploded. It was crazy, and it continues now. It certainly does, and you know, kind of going coming going off that question, Bob. Um, you know the the profile of the institution, the the athletic department definitely increased. You know, with football's um, trips to the Stag Bowl, mm-hmm. um, there was a there were a lot of young coaches hired in that early to mid two thousands. Um, you know, I think of Jen Regan with gymnastics, Carrie Corallo, exactly. women's basketball. Um, John Bodenlich in baseball, Pat Miller in men's basketball, and the list kind of goes on and on. But um, you know, what were some of the some of the I guess overarching reasons for that? I mean, you you talked about the success of the football program and how that sort of a high tide raises all boats. But what were some of those other reasons that you saw, you know, institutionally that that helped for the department's rise to national success across the board? Well, well, I, I think uh, one is, you know, our coaching staff that, that we hired several of our, our alumni of ours, you know, uh, Pat and Vo and uh, Brenda Voke. Uh, now we have uh, Mike Johnson and, and Track. They're all alumni of ours. So they, they have a, a, you know, affection for the university. They want to see it succeed. And then the other coaches that came in, uh, if you look at the longevity, they're still there. You know, they're they they like what's happening they like to, to compete at a national level uh they don't they're not looking to go anywhere i think they're 
you know, they understand they have a pretty good situation here. But there's several situations, several circumstances that, that make it that way. Uh, one is, you know, uh, success in athletics, you have to have administrative support. Uh, support comes from above. And uh, we've been fortunate to have several chancellors who uh, uh, recognize the importance of a good athletic program and see what it can do uh, to bring positive uh, recognition and awareness to your campus. Uh, with uh, We had uh, Dr. Jack Miller, uh, Martha Saunders, Dick Telfer. They're all great supporters of athletics. They're at all our events. They recognize the need for some funding, for some staffing, uh, to increase, uh, you know, update facilities and get new facilities. All that thing, you know, was kind of the perfect storm when when they were here and and uh, our team started succeeding on a conference and in national level, and it just it just uh, made it for a great program. Absolutely, and one of the one of the really unique things about UW Whitewater, in my opinion, at least since I've been here, is our football game days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those are really. I mean, I would almost compare it more to a, you know, like a, a Division One school. I mean, I think I think our atmosphere um, and just the overall environment at those games really rivals some Division One schools. Um, but talk about, you know, you were a big part of that. Um, that co- you were one of the cogs in the wheel, I guess you would say, for that, you know, football game day management. But just talk about what or how football game days are so unique at UW-Whitewater and what makes them unique, you know, and especially in comparison to some of our peer institutions. Right, right. Well, you know, that, that didn't just happen by accident. You know, uh, Coach Brezowitz, uh back in the early 2000s kind of was into getting an atmosphere going. Uh, Tom Patterson, who's passed away, was, was a big booster of that. Uh, and then, like I said, the ch- support from our administration, uh, wanted to in on that we work with our police to uh to start allowing tailgating you know because of the you know with the tailgating with the brats and the beers and things like that that's what, what people wanted uh you know we went from having basically a um, couple hundred students and some parents at games you know for maybe a crowd of 2000 to tr- building a tremendous atmosphere uh and we started having reserved parking spots people buying space spots for the whole year the tailgating atmosphere became, you know, fantastic. I think other schools came in and saw it and were envious of us, you know, and trying to recreate it themselves. But uh, it, it was just uh, it was a, a work of a lot of people to put that together and trying to create that atmosphere. Of course, weather is always a factor, but, you know, we were fortunate September and October. We're having a lot of uh, beautiful days and couple things worked out great across campus with our homecoming committee and our parents day group, uh, you know, uh, coordinated activities with them in the field house that, you know, would be a pregame there and everybody would come up to the stadium after the pregame. Uh, so it, it became uh, just, it just snowballed into a big event and uh, I think people look forward to it now and, you know, people, even when their son or daughter is done competing here, they, they still come back for, it. you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a great atmosphere, and uh, I think that's another thing that attracts, you know, recruits come in on game day, and they see this, and their parents see it, and they go, this is really cool. 
I want to be a part of it. And uh, it's it's just continued to this day. It's, it's been a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I do too. And it's it's really cool to see kind of the buy-in from the rest of campus too, you know, sponsoring pregame concerts and different things mm -hmm. of that ilk. I think that's been a huge boost for our game day as well. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union, achieving more together. Now, back to the podcast. Talk to me, Bob, about... I don't know if there are certain moments for you or certain games, certain events, just some of your favorite, you know, things that stand out for you um, from your time at UW-Whitewater. Yeah, I, I, I knew you're, this was probably going to come up because, you know, which, which game, games you remember, what events, and it's, it's really tough after 32 years of 20 sports competing. You do the math on that. There's just so many games that were just incredible. And, uh, you know, some of them, People will never know about because you know it's some of them. The the one I remember, when the first one I remember was uh, the first year we went to the Stag Bowl. We had to go out to Linfield, who was the defending national champ, and they had the defending you know the national player of the year quarterback. And we went out there. It was out in uh, McMinnville, Oregon. You know, if, <laughs> you just can't get any further away than that. So we went out there, and the game was just incredible game, back and forth. We scored with under a minute to go, and they got the ball back, and the game ended with, you know, throws into the end zone for them to go ahead. I think the score was, final score was like 44 to 41 or 45 to 41. It was just incredible. And, it, and that was before we knew we knew we were good. You know, we, we were just starting to define ourselves. So we – you know, it was everything was new to us, and we won that game. And I, I caught like the greatest game that nobody ever saw because the only people that saw it were people who were there because there's it was before internet uh, webcasts and things like that. So it was just an incredible game, and, and our coaches had like tears in their eyes after the game, looking at each other like, "Did we just did we just do this? Did we just accomplish this?" And you know, we you know. Years later, that became an expectation. They became the norm. But then it was all new, and it was just it was just tremendous. That locker room after that game was it was it was just hugs, and it was it's just unbelievable. And that wasn't finished. And then another thing that happened, I think, was the very next week we played Wesley at home in the national semifinal. And uh, you've heard about the Packers ice bowl game. This would have made that look like a day at the beach. It was so bad out. I mean, the whole week, it was below zero, sideways wind, snow piled up, and we had grass field at the time. We tried putting a tarp over the field and putting heaters under it, and it was just incredible. We took that tarp off. The field was like an ice rink. And Wesley came out, and there was like a 30, 40-mile-an-hour wind. They won the toss, and they decided to take the ball. 
Okay, we'll take the wind. <laughs> so, so the game starts off, and they kind of fumble the kick and stuff, and they're down at the, their own one-yard line with a 40-mile wind in their face, and it's about 20 below zero. And we just smashed them. They kicked it. We scored right away. Second series, same thing. I think we might have intercepted it and ran in. Like five, six minutes into the game, it was 14 to nothing, 20 below, and they wanted out. They they were done. That game was over. And uh, it was just the work that went into that game between everybody on campus trying to get that field ready and the weather and calls to the NCAA, can we even play this game? And the conditions, it was just phenomenal. And it was just so funny to to kind of see them fold their tents. They, there were guys running into the locker room, pulling out their winter coat, you know, their, their coats like you wear around town. They were just frozen. Our guys were just loving it. So that was something. Uh, then uh, a couple other things. Our volleyball team won the national championship in our gym. That was back before it was at predetermined sites. So we hosted the national championship in uh, – I remember winning that in the, it was the new gym at the time and uh, it was packed and had a home court advantage and we won it after I know how many chances before that, you know, and that atmosphere was pretty cool. And then also uh, one of the other premier events I remember is the 2014 uh, National Basketball Championship uh, in Salem, Virginia. I remember being there, and and uh, was it uh, was it uh, Williams College, I believe it was, yeah. Williams College put a go-ahead bucket in with like four or five seconds, and we inbounded the ball to Cordell Young, and Cordell went coast to coast, scored the winning basket. He hit it over uh, Duncan Robinson, currently of the Miami Heat. He took he took it right to Duncan Robinson, put the ball in, got fouled. And you know, there was like one point something seconds left, and it, it clinched the national championship. And that was that was just an incredible moment. That that run by uh, Cordell was just one of the classics. And I remember after the game, uh, he was you know obviously at the being interviewed at the media uh, room. And Cordell, I think, was a senior then, and he's he was one of my all-time favorite Warhawk basketball players. I went to the media room just to hear him talk because in four years I, I had never talked. He was just, just a quiet kid. You know, he's just want to go there and see if he can actually talk. And he's, he's, you know, he's just, he explained on that run where, how he saw opponents hips or which way their shoulders were turned or where they were looking. He described everybody on that court in that like two seconds. It took him to, two and a half seconds. It took him to run the length of the court. It's just amazing, amazing uh, event. And we, we just went nuts on that one. That was great. <laughs> yeah no that's a that, unfortunately i missed that by about four months but um yeah you, you know, started in 14 right yeah i started that july so i missed okay. that by just a few months but yeah. that actually is a perfect transition into what i wanted to ask you about next which was the 2013-14 academic year um yeah. which was the trifecta uh, your men's basketball, football, and baseball winning national championships, the first NCAA institution to ever do that. Now, people forget, I think, we also had some other successful programs that year, too. Um, you know, you had women's basketball going to the Final Four. 
you had softball going to the NCAA championship. In fact, when I had my interview on campus for the job, both, I believe, a bunch of people were either with softball or baseball. It would have been mm-hmm. like that last week of May area, like around Memorial right. Day. And yeah. so not only were those three programs successful, but gymnastics won a national championship. Right. You know, um, women's track and field finished third during the outdoor season. Um, wrestling finished second. So there were there was success just across the board. You know, what? talk about that year and what that really meant to um, – what that meant to the athletic department and just how cool that was to see, you know, because you're, you're almost 30 years in as an administrator and right. you know, nobody's ever seen anything like this. Right. No, I don't know if anybody else see it again either. It was, it was just uh, that incredible. Uh, you know, basketball won it in 14, but they also won it in 12 and football was winning it in nine, 10 and 11 and 13. 14. So, you know, we, we knew, that we were we were pretty special, and then when football won that one, in well, it was fall of thirteen, and basketball had that team that was that was uh, capable of winning it, and the one that where Cordell won it, you know that that set up the fall the spring with baseball because they are perennial uh, title, you know, conference winners and playoff, uh, you know, a playoff team, so. I think uh, Vo had mentioned that as soon as basketball won, his phone started lighting up. Said, "Well, it's your turn," and uh, and he came through. And uh, it was just a crazy year. What I remember is, and uh, you can relate to this. We hosted everything. I mean, we hosted volleyball regionals, five, four football games, basketball regionals, baseball conference and regionals, softball. I mean, it, it the year was just nonstop. It was just, we were, you know, our location and our facilities lend itself to getting, you know, hosting uh, tournaments. So it was just a crazy year and the success, like I said, that that, that generated, it, it brought in ESPN. It brought in, you know, Game Day mentioned us, uh, the, uh, I think the New York Times, USA Today, full page articles on our university and, and, uh, what was accomplished and what the odds of, of that being were. And uh, like I said, I, I don't know, I'm sure there's no other department on campus that can generate that much positive awareness and recognition to a campus in the university than athletics did, especially that year. And uh, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I'm very proud we've been a part of. It's, uh, you know, you know that it was, you know, an incredible amount of, of work. It was a tremendous source of pride and still is to this day. I mean, you know, that's, that's how I identify the university. You know, it's one and only school to win the national championship in three sports in the same year. That's three primary uh, men's sports. And then, like I said, best women's basketball was in the final four. Them, I, I know they in the championship game that year because they were in a back-to-back. And uh, they had the third place. Yeah. They had two of the top ten ESPN plays of the day. Mary Merg was on ESPN for – two times in one game for plays of the day. Gymnastics won the national championship. Uh, I believe we finished second in the director's cup that year. How do we did? Well, how many division three schools are there? Chris, three, 400, 450. Yeah. yeah. Finished second yeah. in the director's cup. Then so it was, it was just incredible. And I think, I think the, the campus 
benefited from that. You saw our applications and our enrollment go up. Uh, you know, uh, the administration took great pride in it also, and the community supported us tremendously. You know, the attendance increased. People were people were proud of, uh, of what we're doing and how we're doing it. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, so, Bob, you know, just a couple more questions um, for you. Uh, you know, you've talked a lot about the athletics department and the athletic success, um, and it's all wonderful. Um, but, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, some of those other things that made UW-Whitewater such a great place. You know, you talk, we've talked, obviously, you know, a lot, um, you know, you and I have talked a lot about the campus community, um, you know, the, the Whitewater community, how, 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 talk about how special that area is and, and how it really was a great place for you to stay for 32 years. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you go back to, uh, you know, when I said I started looking for jobs, I wanted, you know, I've always been a sports fan and uh, interested in athletics and, and that's the atmosphere I wanted to be in. Uh, you know, I didn't want to, you know, if I was going to be working for 30 some years, I wanted to try and do something that I enjoyed. And, and so first of all, to be in a place where you want to be or in a profession you want to be in is key. Uh, you know, it's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, it was an oh oh gosh I got to get and go to work type of thing you know it was it was a it was a good place to be it's a great community a great university and uh, you know the the people there were were great They're, some were you know a little crazy but uh, on game day you know I I learned you know I just keep my distance from coaches on game day the other six days of the week they're great they're funny they're hilarious but when they're in game mode I just step back and let them have you know let them operate the way they have to, the way they feel they need to. But the people were great. You know, the, the, uh, the people I worked with, the people I worked for, and, you know, even the, the students that come in to work for our office, some of them you develop uh, lifelong friendships with, you know, you become a reference for them. And they graduate, and, you know, they, you, know they're, you, you see so many good kids come through. Some of the athletes are just, you know, phenomenal kids, you know, the – stories behind them and uh, the effort it takes to compete at this level but mostly uh, you know I, I just enjoyed the job first of all and I enjoyed the people I worked with and I enjoyed the community you know of the university and, and I live in Fort Atkinson just you know 10 minutes up the road great place to to, to grow a family you know my my kids uh, enjoyed it here and, and uh, they grew up on campus too I drag them to events all the time. They're they're always uh, they're always at events, you know, running around the field after the event, or jumping around on the gymnastics equipment after a meet, or you know, running around the softball diamond. They, you know, they all all went to summer camps there. You know, the summer camp program is is big there, and they were in everything from volleyball to gymnastics to dance to basketball. They they went to all those camps there, and you know, so they big part of their childhood is, is there too. So it's a, it's a special place. Um, you know, I just, it was just a, it was just a, a great, uh, great career. I was very blessed. So Bob, as we said in the, when I introduced you, you've been retired now since, um, 2017. So it's been just right. over three years since you hung them up. Right. Um, 
So talk to me about what you've been up to in retirement. I know you've, uh, you've had a couple of different roles, um, you know, on the, with the golf course and, and at the university as well. But talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, Chris, I do whatever I want, whenever I want. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend retirement. But, uh, well, I, I keep busy uh, and I stay in touch with the university. I, uh, I get a couple of part-time jobs, just keep busy. Uh, I work the summer camps there. Uh, last year was canceled because of the COVID. But the, a couple of years before that, I worked them and I hope next summer it'll, be, it'll start back up again. I enjoy that because it's fun. It keeps me on campus. It keeps me, uh, you know, seeing the coaches on a daily basis in the summer, helping them with the registration and the setup and things that they need at a camp. And it's it's fun. It's in the, you know you're outside in the summer, so it's fun there. And uh, you know get to get to see them and hang out. And I also got a part time job at the golf course uh, in Lake Mills, so I get to uh, get to hang out there, get a few free rounds of golf in, you know. Uh, I've been doing that, uh, up until COVID, I was working out pretty good. I was, you know, I'd still come in we'd play some noon hour basketball. Uh, I'd be going to the weight room three, four times a week. Um, but since COVID we're kind of in lockdown, so I'm not doing that, but, uh, doing some travel, you know, I have, uh, two daughters in Minneapolis, another one in Denver. Uh, so, uh, try to see them whenever I can. I enjoy that. And, uh, I have a couple of different lunch groups, uh, that I try to see, uh, well, since COVID, I haven't seen them since March, but we'd see them on a monthly basis. We'd go out to lunch in Madison. They have a group up there and another group here in, in uh, Whitewater. And then, uh, I have a, some old buddies that, uh, I still from college and high school that we try to get together and, uh, and we do that and try and get, uh, some, as much visiting in as we can. And, uh, you know, just, just enjoying it. Just enjoying it. Well, that's excellent to hear, Bob. Yeah. Hey, uh, I want to wrap up with just five kind of quick, quick hitter type questions for you. Um, so we'll, study for these. well, well, I, that's good though. I want you, I don't want you to study. <laughs> for these. I want you to be unprepared. All, All right. right. So the first one, your favorite whitewater restaurant. <laughs> Favorite Whitewater Whitewater restaurant? Well, uh, right now I'm going to say 841, uh, just because it's a good place to go after games, uh, post games. Uh, you know, they got, uh, you know, they get a pretty good crowd there after a game. And of course, uh, Lucas Burns, uh, alumni of ours, basketball player, passed away as the owners, which is sad, but he was a great supporter. So I always enjoyed going there and, uh, we return the favor to someone who supported us so much. So probably I'd say 41. All right. Uh, the soups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are delicious. Yes, they are. Um, so your favorite athletics facility that we've got. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I, I was just have to go to the stadium uh, mm-hmm. just because it's, it's uh, one of the premier facilities in the nation at the Division Three level. Uh, I like all of it. I mean, our softball, new softball facilities, soccer track facility—they're all good. I know I could say one or the other, but football because uh, its visibility and, and uh, being uh, 
you know, one of the best in the country uh, and recognized as such. I would have to say that it's, and it's uh, had so many great, great events there, great, great football games. And it's, you know, the improvements that go on there with the, with the, um, the new uh, locker room and the mm -hmm. training room and whirlpools and, and everything like that. It's just, it's just a, a real showpiece for the campus. Definitely. Favorite spot on campus not related to athletics? Well, I don't know. Let me see. Not related to athletics. I would probably uh, have one of two things. Either the UC, uh, just going over there to, uh, to meet some people for lunch, or this is going to be a weird one, the financial services office. <laughs> I have to go there every day. Of course. Yeah, they, they, the financial services office has my picture on the wall, like a one <laughs> because because they they had closed their window at three thirty, and I'd go over there every day at three twenty five with the uh, receipts from the night before because I didn't want them in my office and, they, and they'd have to reconcile them before they could close. <laughs> they put a picture of me up like a like like a no fly list type of guy, you know. <laughs> They're pretty good people. They're really good to me, and they and they understood athletics is unique. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, all right, so getting into non UW Whitewater stuff, tell me about your favorite holiday tradition that you do, maybe with your family or your friends. Ah, well, favorite holiday tradition is well, you know, we have uh, uh, Christmas, of course. Uh, try to have it here as much as we can now that the girls might have three daughters and they're mm -hmm. spread out uh, like I said but uh, when things all line up to have them all here for for the uh, Christmas weekend Christmas Eve we have a, a little Christmas tradition here with uh, on Christmas Eve with uh, some wine and champagne and a charcuterie board with wine and with the cheeses and the meat and some shrimp and and uh, just kind of hanging out, just just getting, you know, when everybody's scattered, uh, just getting together is a special event in itself. I'd probably say that. Absolutely. Favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot? Well, I have several. Uh, <laughs> family's taken several trips to uh, Orange Beach, Gulf Shores area. Uh, nice condo on a high rise on the beach. Beautiful beach there. And it's... Uh, a lot of fun places to eat and uh, go. It's kind of, it kind of became like a Whitewater South for a while there. People were all traveling there, but uh, we've always enjoyed that. That's a, it's a really nice, nice place. I haven't been there in a few years now, but hopefully soon we can get back there. And then uh, my family is not only my my kids, but my my sister and her kids are. We're spread out literally all over the country. She's in Oregon. She has a kid in Connecticut. Uh, you know, so we're everywhere and, uh, every two years we, we get together somewhere. Uh, we've been to, uh, Tahoe, Reno area, uh, Lake Tahoe, you know, we get a big, big house where we all stay at for a week and just hang out and see each other. And that's a fantastic place cause it's so beautiful. Uh, two years ago we were in, in, uh, Bend, Oregon. Uh, the mountains there, beautiful lakes, and had a great time there. And then uh, this year we're looking to 
to try and get together out in Colorado. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody's comfortable enough to travel at that time, and, and we can all get together. We'll have to keep an eye on on how things go with that. Yeah, I think we're all I think we're all ready to have a vacation here in yeah. in twenty twenty one. So hopefully that time comes sooner than later. We'll. Bob, thanks so much for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. Uh, I really appreciate all the time and uh, I'll wish you all the best moving forward. Okay, thank you for asking me. I appreciate it and uh, hope to see you soon. Go Warhawks.